Hey everybody, welcome back to You Got It Dude. I'm Dina. And I'm Whitney. And today we will be discussing the 2004 interview with Oprah interviewing Mary-Kate Ashley. So this is a real life, real world interview. Yeah, we decided to take a different approach this week. I don't have a synopsis because the synopsis is Oprah interviews Mary-Kate Ashley. <laughs> Accurate? <laughs> yeah. But yeah, we just kind of wanted to look at something a, a little bit different this week. Yeah, so this interview came out just immediately before the release of New York Minute. So I think that they showed a lot of like New York Minute clips. They kind of discussed their college plans. They discussed their Olsen twins empire. Oprah was kind of like rude at times. <laughs> yes, yes, she was. Um, they discussed financials, body yes. image. Oof. Um, yeah, there was a lot of like, oh, moments if I'm being honest. Yeah. I feel like we're just going to put a blanket trigger warning at the beginning of this podcast because I think that, you know, once we get to the body image section, we can talk a little bit about that. But it was a pretty in intense moment, you know, looking back on it after everything that happened with Mary-Kate subsequent to this interview and the way that they kind of discussed it. We'll get to it at a later time. Yeah, there was points where I was like, oh, Oprah's talking to like them as like another successful woman as far as like owning their own empire, like being a name brand. Mm -hmm. But then there were definitely parts where like Oprah was not being a woman that respects women. Yeah, I felt the same thing. I thought that you could kind of read a certain type of like lack of respect in her voice. And maybe it was just teasing. But I think because they were such young, successful you know, teenagers at this point, that there was a certain way that she was talking to them that I was like, oh, this is weird. Like, even when she introduced the the clips, she was like, oh, like, you know, we all know them from the, when they were like little Michelle, you know, and she was kind yeah. of like teasing them. Again, I, I want to, you know, I'll give her some grace because I'm sure that she was just kind of teasing them in the way that she teased everyone else. But specifically when it got to the point where she was discussing like body image and specifically like the rumors about... I assume she was discussing the rumors about Mary-Kate's... I think it was directed at both of them. Okay, yeah. But if she was like, okay, like, let's talk about, like, the body rumors, you know, that basically referring to the eating disorder rumors. And then they were discussing... I mean, we could just get into it now since we're already here. I mean, you know, how how was your weekend? <laughs> oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> Sorry. Let's, let's back it on up. My weekend was good. We did a little bit of Zooming with our friends. Which was fun. I can't we believe zoomed. you have other friends besides me. That's so offensive. I know. Well, to be clear, these are like, I would, I would call them Ben's friends and not my own. <laughs> Although if they're listening, they're also my friends. Oh, oh, exciting news, Dina. I got an Apple computer. I got a MacBook Air. Mac Air. <gasps> now we can FaceTime? That's literally, so I spent Friday night when I first purchased the computer, I spent it FaceTiming random people just to see who would pick up. And I think I thought that it was Drew's birthday on Friday, so I didn't FaceTime you. But anyway, so I, I plan to FaceTime every person that I know because I know that everybody's mad that I have an Android. It is a big conundrum in our relationship. I know, I know. I just like to, I like to go against the grain and I hate that Apple always gets all the love. But in this particular case, it's, it's a nice computer. Yeah. Well, that's exciting. It is. I wanted a specific non-work computer for writing and learning graphic design better because I didn't want to break my work computer and then also I get PTSD when I open up my work computer. Yeah, that's important to have like a separate device. Yes, definitely. So I was like, is this worth a thousand dollars? I think so. Like don't even put like your work email on the Mac. Literally, that's exactly, I'm not doing that at all. I'm keeping it completely separate. And for this podcast too, I'm also using it for that. But yeah, how was your weekend? Good. Like you said, it was Drew's birthday. His birthday was Saturday. So we just did like different things throughout the weekend. Friday, my parents made him dinner. And then Saturday, we just kind of hung out. Um, I went and got him like bagels. Like we just ate really good all day. Like we can't really do much. And then his brother came over later in the day. And we haven't really seen him that much over the year. So he came over and it was like the first time we saw him after the engagement. So that was really cool. He has a lot of plans and was asking a lot of questions about the wedding. the wedding. And I was like, oh my really impressed. And like, he's already started like writing a speech and like planning the bachelor party and all that. I was like, oh, oh my, my God, goodness. 
That's really cute. I didn't get Drew a gift because I had planned to take him on like a shopping spree just because like I didn't know what to get him. Like it's just been a year like because I'm more of like a experience as a gift kind of person. Definitely me too. There's no experiences. (laughs) No. So I was like, oh, I'll take you shopping at Patagonia, but apparently they're closed. So I I just like basically like bought him food all day and drove him around and like we went to like his favorite brewery and picked up some stuff. But then at like nine o'clock at night, I had remembered something I wanted to get him. (laughs) So I, I did it right then. And um, this is real stupid. So Smartless, the podcast with like Jason Bateman and Will Arnett and Sean Uh Hayes, they do this ad for established titles. So I bought him five square feet of land in Scotland so he could be a lord because he's Scottish. Oh my gosh. Are you serious? Yeah. So now he's Lord, Lord Andrew. That's beautiful. (laughs) And then I just found out that I have to get ordained. So I'm going to make him call me reverend and I'm going to call him Lord. Okay. I like that. I like that better than being lady once you marry him. Okay. Well, I like that. Reverend Dina. Yeah. Or is it Reverend LeBlanc? Do you use last names or first names? I don't know. Huh. I guess I can just make up my own. I think so, too. Why are you getting ordained, can I ask? Uh, yes. Uh, uh, Drew's cousin asked if I would marry them. Oh, that's lovely. Yeah, so they just asked me yesterday. Now I have to look into getting ordained and what I want to wear. That's beautiful. So, yeah, that was my that was my entire weekend. I did some workouts. I pulled some weeds. I have apparently no muscle in my body, so I'm trying to amp that up. Love that. I have been working out recently, doing a lot of like lifting weights and stuff. Mm-hmm. And um, I essentially like get to the point where I, I am like paralyzed the next day. Like I can't move my legs whatsoever. I can't like walk. I'm like limping when I walk <laughs> because my legs hurt so bad. But I'm like, I guess that means it's working, but it's not getting any easier. <laughs> yeah, I'm I'm like not at that point yet. Like I've been doing these like 15 minute workouts like 10 to 15 and then I'll throw like on an episode of new girl and and just do movements through it because I'm trying to repair my mental relationship with exercise Mm -hmm. and trying to grow to love it and like do movement I actually enjoy instead of dreading it um because I also need I'm doing it mostly for the mental health also I'm doing it so my knee doesn't fall out that's important. So yeah, so those are the two things. And then like separating the concept of working out away from weight loss is a whole nother thing. But like, we don't need to get into that on this podcast that we will already be talking about weight issues. <laughs> right. Indeed. Yeah. But I feel the same way. I We've been walking around just speaking of like knee issues. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I promise we're going to get to the Olsen twins, guys. But speaking of knee issues, we've been taking these walks, but then it's been like it's extremely like snowy and also like icy. Mm-hmm. Um, when we've been walking and I realized that I have this like severe mental issue when it comes to my knee where like I get like these paralyzing invasive thoughts that I'm going to dislocate my knee yep. to the point where I like I like can't move and I explained it to Ved and he was like oh that's how I feel like on an airplane because he's scared of flying so he's like the minute that I get into the plane I just like have these visions of what's going to happen and it's just like like it's paralyzing to the point where I like I like can't put one foot in front of the other because I just like know that I'm going to dislocate my knee it sucks Ugh. yep that's why I don't do extreme hiking and anything like that yeah it's just uh, having bad knees, man. It yeah. Is having bad knees, like, and for us, it's, like, literally been since we were, like, 15. So it's not even, like, an old age thing. And then people think you're just, like, making it up, and it's weird. That's literally it. And people don't understand, like, how affecting it is to your to your life. Like, literally, for me, like, other people are able to just, like, walk outside, and they're, like, normal right now. Yeah. And meanwhile, I'm, like, uh, that you gotta, like, hold my hand. <laughs> yeah, know? exactly. Yeah, it's awful. So that's how we get to the, to the O, to the OVO. Let's do it, OVO. Olsen versus Oprah. <laughs> God, I like that. Oprah's very own. So, I found this video on YouTube. It's pretty grainy, um, which was disappointing. At least it was for me on my TV. I should have watched it on like a phone or tablet. So that was a bit better. Yeah, I watched it on a phone. It was perfect. So it starts off with like Oprah doing this like intro of of the Olsen twins. And one of the things that she talks about is they were millionaires at 10 years old. Yeah. And 
being on a sitcom for eight years, it took them that long to become a millionaire? Like, it's not like they were spending money as babies. Right, right. That's a really good point. Also, when they calculate it, sorry, when they calculate it, (laughs) this is so specific and granular, but when they calculate it, are they calculating, like, did they have to get to two million together before they were, like, known Mm, as millionaires? Or maybe there's, like, a joint trust. Yeah, exactly. Like, how does that work as far as there being two of them and their, like, empire? And especially once she got to, like, the billionaire part. Yeah, well, that's what I was going to ask is so they talk about like how they were on track to be billionaires before like that year was up. And I was like, did New York Minute like screw them over that much? Honestly, so (laughs) I think so, because when I looked up Dual Star, I was very curious because when they they were showing, you know, they took them through like the Dual Star empire and they showed like the CEO or whatever the guy in charge. And then I was like, I'm going to. Exactly. So I was like, I'm going to look this up. I'm going to Wikipedia it. And essentially, it just like ends right where it says like, New York Minute did not do well commercially. (laughs) Dual star out, you know? But it's so weird because like when they were doing their own thing. So for those that don't know, Dual Star was their production company and they were set to become the presidents of it at 18. New York Minute came out a month before their 18th birthday. And they had been self-releasing all these videos, essentially like the original content creators, and they had complete control. And then they finally do a studio movie and it tanks. Mm, Yep. So, you know, mansplaining executives, that's who I'm going to blame. Literally, I think so too. But do you think that it was because New York Minute tanked? Or I guess it's like kind of circular, right? Because it's, I think that it's both because New York Minute tanked, but then I also think that they had a lot of say in like, like they just didn't want to make movies anymore. I don't think. I think pure conjecture. I think it had mm-hmm. to do with a lot of things. I think New York Minute tanked, Mary Kate went into rehab, they started college, and they're like, why are we going to put up with this media bullshit of like people saying our movie tanked and everything? Like, why are we going to put ourselves through that? We don't need to. Why self-punish? Absolutely. I also, this was going to be saved, but I have a different thing for the, the Olsen twin gossip, but mm-hmm. I did see this again, the, the entertainment cheat sheet where they describe why the Olsen twins quit acting. For some reason, they put together a little dossier on that. And it says that a big reason was that they didn't have a lot of like creative control so that they, Ash said, you know, there's a lot of compromise in the entertainment industry. And Mary Kate said, I'm not great at not being able to control the end product. So, and they basically say that when they were younger, they didn't even ever feel like they were actresses, but it was more of the time, not in front of the cameras, building a brand. So even as a kid, they were like building a business, you know? Yeah. I will say that I thought they came off great as being business-minded, especially Ashley in this interview. Absolutely. I thought they held themselves really well. Yeah. Mary-Kate, I thought, like, had more of, like, a natural sort of, like, personality. Mm-hmm. And then Ashley was sort of, like, very put together, very, like, businesswoman-minded. I thought that she, they both did fantastic, but it was just interesting to see the different personalities. So in this interview, um, Mary-Kate has her, like, light brown hair and Ashley is, like, a platinum blonde. Mm-hmm. and when they come out uh oprah gets it wrong and goes oh are you mary kate and i was like did no segment producer tell her which is which because her first question is i hear you guys don't like to be called the olsen twins you want to be called by your individual name so clearly yeah. she knew that was a point of contention and still didn't bother to check which one was which also, they're like dressed so vastly differently. Yeah. And here I felt like I felt like their true personalities came out because again, Ashley's dressed like very much like a businesswoman. She's wearing like a sheath dress. She's very like, you know, she has her hair sort of like back and then Mary Kate looks like boho chic to the max. Yeah. With her hair sort of like messy and then her like boho chic like dress and then those like big earrings. I was like, oh man, this is like truly the height of like the Mary Kate and Ashley like personality, you know? Yeah fashion personality speaking of i thought it was really funny the thumbnail of this makes it look like it's like a hard expose and like actually <laughs> really upset I i'll put that picture in the like thing in the yeah. instagram i really liked that because i thought the same thing i was like man i didn't remember this being like a hard i watched this by the way i watched this right when it first came out 
I, I believe I did too. I don't think I would yeah. have missed this. But when I saw the thumbnail, I was like, oh, wow, I didn't remember it. Like, I remember the discussion about the eating disorders. But other than that, I didn't think that it was like a hard hitting interview. And then I like watched it and I was like, oh, wait, it's not. It's just the thumbnail. Yeah. And like, they do try to come off as like being normal people. And I think they brought up a good point because Oprah asked, like, why are you so grounded? And they say, well, it's not like we fell into the business. Like, this is our entire lives. Like, this is all we know, which is a problem in itself. Um, But then, like, things sneak out. But I think the things that sneak out are just telling of two girls that grew up in a rich area of Studio City. Like, it doesn't matter that they're actresses necessarily. Yeah. Because Oprah asked about how um, they had to choose between going to their senior prom or hosting Saturday Night Live. And Mary Kate goes, well, I think every young girl dreams about designing her prom dress. I was like, <laughs> or just going to Windsor. <laughs> Literally, Windsor was where it was at. Yeah. Yeah. So I thought that was funny. They show them going into like the dual star offices. Yeah. You can see that they really like lit up when they were talking about fashion. I thought it was interesting given that it was the early aughts that they had a different body type for each country. And like clearly the one for America was probably like low rise jeans and everything. <laughs> Yes, dude. I thought the same thing. Yeah, I mean, I wanted to I wanted to discuss really quickly that sort of transition, which I've never, I don't think, seen any other person or people be able to do, which is that transition of, they discussed the fact that they had like a Walmart brand, mm-hmm. and now they have the row. And obviously, in that between there, you know, they've also had like Elizabeth and James and like other sort of like fashion lines as well. But I've never seen anybody make that transition. It usually goes the other way. Exactly. Yeah. I found it really fascinating. And part of that, I think, has to do with, obviously, their young age at the time yeah. with the Walmart brand. But it's just really fascinating to see how they were able to transition personality-wise, um, celebrity-wise, and also fashion-wise from being like known as this like Walmart brand to then like having this high fashion brand that's like incredibly well-respected. Yeah, and I feel like people that um, are Olsen haters, they Mm. say that their brand isn't that fancy. Or like I once had somebody tell me when I was like discussing it with them that they just, you know, it's because they were famous. And I was like, actually, no, like it's they're completely respected in the fashion world. And it's just people that don't know the fashion world that associate that. So exactly. You don't win CFDA awards. It's it's not like the Oscars. It's not as screwed up. Exactly. Right. It's not like as political. Yeah. Yeah. It's interesting because it's also like their former celebrity works against them in terms of like being taken seriously by the general public. But it's just I I don't know. I think that they should get more respect for having made that. That is why we have this podcast. Exactly. Respect Mary Kate and Ashley. Um, They're not the Olsen twins. They are Mary Kate and Ashley. I really feel like Oprah got them mixed up throughout the interview as well. Uh, yeah, because there was a couple other times where she said exactly. She was like dir- directing her question at one of them. And I was like, I don't think that she's calling them the right name. <laughs> yeah, I don't think she knows who's who. No, definitely not. Oh, Oprah. There was a weird question about New York Minute where it's like, oh, how did you feel about your first on-screen peck? And I was like, they have been kissing people since they were 12 years old in Paris. <laughs> Oprah, do your damn research. I thought that I think it was Mary Kate who was like answering the question. I was like, she did she did a really good job of being like, well, you know, it's acting. I mean, it was I was nervous beforehand, but it, you know, I've kissed people before, whatever. You know, yeah. Like, one thing that I noticed is that although they do like so few interviews in in general, mm-hmm. they like seem so well prepared for the interview and just so sort of like relaxed when they were answering the questions. Yeah. And I was like, oh, they must be, like, really well media trained. Yeah, I agree. I thought they, like, were pretty natural. The only thing, like, is that they, much like us on this podcast, were just almost too natural in the fact that they, like, kept talking over each other. Yes. (laughs) But I enjoyed that. Although there was one part where I was, like, trying to hear it three times. And every time a car would drive by because I had, like, my door open. Mm-hmm. And, like, I had to rewind it. And then Mo barked, and I was like, I can't take this. Yeah, you're like, Mo, let me hear the interview. They're talking over each other. You're talking over them. I can't do this. <laughs> yes. 
So I liked, just to follow up on the idea of them becoming billionaires before they could vote, I believe that Oprah said. Uh-huh. Um, I wrote down that they're like the OG Kylie Jenner. Yeah. Although they really did this on their own. <laughs> with Obviously with a great team of people, but not necessarily with like coming from a family of entertainers or a yeah. family of people on a reality show. So I think their dad did good, like getting them a business manager and everything and like pairing them up and like definitely speaking of money there's like this part where like oprah's trying to grill them and we'll get into the other parts of the grilling but she asks about money and their dad gives them allowance and she was like how much is it i was like yeah that's so uncomfortable and like because like the dad is rich like the dad was rich before they were famous and so they were like everybody gets the same amount of money and they get 150 dollars for the month And, like, that could have been a lie because it's none of Oprah's damn business how much money because those girls have worked their whole lives. They should be able to spend what they want. You're right. But, yeah, I was just like, that's so weird. And the dad, like, you could tell was just like, what the hell? Yeah, I thought that it was strange. And Oprah, from what I remember, there was a couple things about this, like, watching this in general that, like, flashed me back to watching Oprah before. Uh Like, the way that the crowd was, like, screaming the entire time. You know, they were, like, so excited to see Mary-Kate and Ashley. But beside that, like, Oprah always had a tendency and it's interesting that they like would include this in the final edit but like I could see basically in her head she was like oh this will make them seem like more relatable that like they have a an allowance too but it's like at some point who cares about the amount because they are extremely wealthy for good reason they work their asses off for it so like why do we need to hear the specific amount and to me I felt like the dad was lying if I'm completely being honest because obviously then they kind of got into like oh well we also have like credit cards and we also have like stuff that that you know is drawn down from the business and all this kind of stuff so it seemed like they were trying to be like look Oprah like yes we have money it's fine you know yeah exactly like just get over it and like maybe the dad like does treat them like the other kids so he's like here's money from me you know but obviously knowing that they can do whatever the hell they want (laughs) yeah but yeah it was super weird the other thing that I noticed just since we're on this topic of Uh her sort of like grilling them about how rich they are um, when they talk about how they're going to go to NYU, she's like, oh, can you afford to live off campus? Like making fun of them. And then she's talking to them about what they're going to like major in. And they're like, oh, well, you know, there's there's a couple different things, but we might major in like film and then like culinary arts or whatever. Uh-huh. And then I think Mary Kate says like, you know, I want to open a restaurant. And then Oprah was like, uh, oh, you guys are going to like add to the empire, aren't you? You know? And I was yeah. just like, this seems so inappropriate. They're clearly like, you know, they're still young enough to where I'm like, just maybe give them a break, you know? Like they're doing great. I thought also um, when she brought up like, oh, are you going to live off campus and stuff like that? And they retort with, yeah, because we went and visited the um, dorms and it was a safety concern. Mm-hmm. And she, you could see like, oh, yeah, yeah. No kidding. Yeah, exactly. Like, can you imagine? I don't know. I just, it'd be insane to have them living in the dorms. Yeah. I mean, I never lived in dorms, um, but I can only imagine. I did. I met some of my closest friends in the dorms. I told you about having other friends. Now you've brought it up twice on this podcast. (laughs) I know. Well, Dina, you know. Sometimes I need I need other friends too. But I also will say living in the dorms was terrible for many different reasons and I genuinely hated it. And sometimes I think about it and I'm like, what if I had to go back to living in dorms now? And it like gives me like a full body like shiver. Um, I went to my college a month or so ago to go to the farm store because it's mm-hmm. an agricultural school mm-hmm. and I was showing Drew thing and I was trying to go the back way and there, the, I remember the dorm buildings because when I did the tour of the campus and they were so small like so small and they were three people just because it was a commuter school they never really built them right and so people that did come had to share like really small spaces and it was just awful and then they had but I guess a lot of the Cal states are now like requiring people live on campus the first year oh interesting um to like lessen the commuter school vibe and so there was these huge brand new dorm buildings across the street I was like wouldn't you be pissed if you got put in the Harry Potter closet and another first year is in like a luxury resort seriously dude ugh there's um I live by these colleges that are like super nice like ridiculous and there's a women's college 
and it literally looks like a Mediterranean resort. Mm. And, like, Drew and I will just, like, look at them, and because they have, like, balconies, and with, like, cute little bistro sets on them, and we're like, Dude. they don't even know what they have. Like, this is better than our house. A few years ago, I think it was now, I took Ved on a, just, like, walk through those campuses, and he was like, this looks like it's literally out of, like, a movie. Yeah. Like, the nicest campuses you've ever seen, which is funny that he says that, because his campus was also, like, nice to me for another reason. It just looks so, like, Midwestern nice, you know, yeah. <laughs> here. But, like, covered with snow and just, like, very beautiful, big open quad. But when he saw those campuses and like we walked through a bunch of them and just sort of like took a really long walk around and he was just like wow this is incredible and I was like well I think people pay for it though exactly oh they also did a a couple videos yes um one of which like we said was at work and the next one was them going shopping and they go to this thrift store I think I've been to it actually I'm not sure I've been to a bunch of thrift stores on decades right Yeah. yeah and what's funny is they show Mary Kate trying on the dress that she eventually wore to, I think, the Hollywood Walk of Fame. Uh-huh. I was like, oh, successful shopping trip. Yeah, I, I saw that too, that that purple yeah backless dress. Yeah, exactly. And then and then the next one was them at the Kids' Choice Awards, which really had nothing to do with them. I know, right. They showed, like, Jim Carrey. Yeah, and, like, a lot of Cameron Diaz. Yeah, it was weird. And then they just kind of showed him getting slimed. I I thought that that was, I don't know, it really struck me as like weird content. I was like, why did they bother with this? Yeah. It's like promoting the kids' choice ones. And this has nothing to do with them. But my favorite part of that video was the fact that like Jennifer Garner said she was nervous because she was wearing such low rise jeans. Yep. And I was like, wow, that is just pure trauma. I know. God, sometimes, <laughs> this is so funny to like even admit this, but sometimes I, at nighttime, or if I move my body in a particular way, my hip bones will be like sore. And I get this flashback to wearing low rise jeans and the way that they would like hit into your hip bones when you sat down. Oh, and like yeah. it was, I think that I permanently have like bruising on my hips from fucking low rise jeans. I can't even imagine wearing them now. Let's hope that Gen Z doesn't get their way. I will I will never. I will just be unfashionable. I think that they're just trying to get us to wear, like, wider leg jeans, so just not skinny jeans. But from what I can remember, it's still high-waisted, right? I hope. Oh, I hope. I'm, like, crying. <laughs> well, really quickly, let's go to... They do a cute little quiz where they talk about, like, oh, who's the most outgoing? Who's the funniest? Yeah. Who's the nicest? Who's the messiest? And I liked how basically like, okay, Mary Kate is the most outgoing. She's also the most likely to be late. But I liked that they kept talking over each other in this point at this point too, where Oprah would be like, who's the funniest? And they were like, depends on the mood, <laughs> you know? <laughs> who's the nicest? Depends on the mood. And then she's like, who's the messiest? And I liked that Ashley was like, well, I'm more organized, but Mary Kate has like the 3 a.m. moods where she's like frantically cleaning and organizing. I was like, that sounds like OCD. Yeah. I did the same thing. I, I definitely get those, like, cleaning compulsions sometimes. And Drew's like, yeah. where did this come from? Why, why yeah. do we need to go through this drawer now? I just make the decision all of a sudden that my life would be better if things were just, like, cleaner. Like, all of a sudden, my mind would be, like, cleaner. <laughs> well, they do say, like, a clean mind, a clean space. I actually just um, yesterday got in one of those moods, and it was, like, it was like noon. And I have these, like, little piles of stuff because my house doesn't have a lot of storage. Like, there's no coat closet or anything. Mm-hmm. And so I had these, like, piles of, like, giveaway stuff in the bedroom. And so I was like, what am I doing? Like, so I just put it all in the sunroom, which will is, like, a dining room office that we don't use that often. And I was like, I need my bedroom to be a clean space. Yes. Like, yes. that other room can be messy as hell. I don't care. I can shut the door on that, but like, and I just feel so much better already. That's literally, I mean, not to, I know that this is like a completely sort of different but related topic, but that's part of the reason why I had to get a new computer was that I was storing so much on my work computer that I was like, I just need to clean my digital space, you know? Yeah. Digital clutter is a thing. Yeah. So yeah. So now without further ado, let's get into the serious portion of the interview. Yes. So 
as Whitney said, this takes place right before New York Minute. New York Minute comes out, I think she said May 7th. So this is late April, early May. They host SNL a few weeks later in lieu of their senior prom. New York Minute premieres end of May. And then before June 13th is when Mary Kate enters rehab. Because I said that on the, I think I said on the New York Minute episode. They had to put her in rehab while she was 17 so that they had more control over it. Oprah obviously also has weight issues. And I say that as like mental space about weight, not speaking Mm -hmm. about her weight of her own and she's been very forthcoming of that over the years and I just thought it was so weird that she I I think it was like one of those mentalities that a lot of people including myself had in the early aughts of if you were skinny you wouldn't have any other problems and so she says something she's like she directly asked them what size are you yep and they like both awkwardly answer and like oh they were like we don't really know and it that could be because they get all their clothes custom so it doesn't matter they don't have to look at tags exactly yeah which I think it is but also like they didn't want to say and like Mary Kate's like clearly like very covered up and then she goes she says something about the controversies about the food stuff or the eating stuff Mm -hmm. and and then you could just tell, like, like there was no if ands, or buts. Like, Ashley answered the question. Exactly. So it was interesting because this is sort of something that you've, you've seen throughout. You know, a lot of old talk show clips have been making their way to the surface as we sort of hold these conversations about, like, what role does the media have with regard to these, like, young girls, young women who are struggling, you know, whether it's Brittany, Lindsay Lohan, and that Letterman interview. Yeah. Or this, where you could see that Oprah asked a very, like, top-level question where she was like, okay, let's discuss the eating disorder rumors, you know? And they try to answer it and sort of, like, pivot away, where they're like, listen, people are going to write what they're going to write, and, you know, we can't control that. And, like, you know, they're trying to basically, like, very gracefully bow out of this line of conversation. And then Oprah, like point blank turns it spins it again to like well what size are you and then they again try to pivot away where they're like listen we're petite girls our body is our body we're very short we're very petite and then oprah kind of makes a joke about it like oh those are like the peas that that i see in the store ha 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 and then she's like she almost like (laughs) at this point though like starts making fun of them where she's like oh that's so interesting it must be so hard for you to like not have to think about size you know like yeah like a little bit attacking them and Adina I hit I think that you hit on something so perfectly where there was this this interesting attitude in the early 2000s which when we talk about body types and we talk about people's relationship with their bodies there was this weird attitude where it was like if you were skinny you had it made and people who struggled with living in like a larger body or struggled with their body type they were almost like attacking skinny people because they were like well you have it made you don't know what it's like to struggle whatever else you know like yeah and there was almost no room to discuss like hey like a lot of people struggle with their bodies what no matter what size they are <laughs> yeah it's just tough to watch this in retrospect knowing what we know now about like body positivity but then also just body acceptance <laughs> and everything that we sort of like has come into the vernacular sense this interview it just makes me really sad to watch exactly what you said. Oprah, who we know has struggled mentally with her body, but then also I'm guessing both Mary Kate and Ashley, although, you know, we have one person confirmed, but I'm guessing just like the rest of us, they've also struggled with their bodies. And it's sort of sad to just watch that interaction now. Yeah. And also Ashley makes like a great point when she's taking over the answer to the question and maybe they were media trained on this i don't know but she's like listen people are gonna make comments when you're too fat you're too thin you're too this you're too that like basically people are gonna make comments no matter what your body looks like exactly and i thought oprah should have given them more credit for that i think so too and i just i just think that it's it's hard it's hard to watch in general because i can recall being a part of conversations like that I can recall you know like like when you're in high school and the sort of things that you say to one another or say about other people and all that kind of stuff and it's just again it makes me sad because I I just don't think that there's there was room back in the day (laughs) during this time this interview came out in 2004 you know I think that we were what juniors and yeah it was at the height of this sort of like body scrutiny era where no body was the correct body. Yeah, That's there was no felt, correct you know? body. Also, unless you were like Britney Spears and like she also got torn apart. 
for being too sexy for showing off the body she worked hard for but that's a whole nother topic but like also just looking back and like she's getting this line of questioning and she is weeks away from seeking treatment like that is crazy like to think about like that mental space when you when you brought up the the purple dress that she was looking at or that lavender dress that she was looking at that she wore to the walk of fame ceremony that mary kate wore i should be Mm -hmm. specific do you remember the magazine articles and the magazine like covers that were printed with her in that dress turned around so that her back was showing and that so her like rib cage was like so pronounced yeah and i not only remember that and remember it being all over every single magazine from like the people magazines down to like the in touch and style whatever i remember it being printed all over and then i also remember like my own reaction to that and thinking like you know that that was how I should look and feeling bad about the fact that like I didn't look that way and that I could never look that way and I mean it's a really sad thing to look back on yeah also like the Nicole Richie era and all that around the same time Paris Hilton like you know like the clothes that people were wearing that were essentially telling people and especially teenage girls that if you don't look like this men won't find you attractive and I talk I talk to that about this all the time of we only got a single message when we were younger And that was that you had to be a zero and that that was the only thing that men would find attractive. Exactly. It's just hard to to confront that now. Yeah. And I think that's a good point also of like when I did bring up in the fashion video that, you know, I spotted that dress or something. And, you know, part of that could be because I have a psycho Mary Lou Renner memory or not Mary Lou Renner. I think maybe it is. I don't know. The lady with the photographic memory. Yes. I can't remember the lady with the good memory. Whatever. (laughs) But it could be, you know, that I just remember Olsen's stuff, but that dress was so imprinted. Yep. And so many articles were written about it that it's crazy. Literally, when you just mentioned it, by the way, I like glossed over it during the um, video itself. But when you mentioned it right now, I like had these like literal flashbacks to like, I remember the exact picture, the exact way that she was posed. Kneeling down. Yep, exactly. And like, it was, I mean, I'm not sure if most people will remember it. But like, I think that for you and I being like Olsen twins fanatics as we were, Mm -hmm. it's literally, it's never gonna like leave my memory. And my reaction to it also sad as it was and sad as I like feel for my teenage self that I'm never get I'm never going to forget that either. So all in all, I feel like they came off great. Yes. I don't think Oprah necessarily asked that insightful questions. No. I think she just thought it was gonna be a good teeny bop interview when she could have used it as an opportunity to interview young business women. And that is clearly me taking this way too seriously, um, which I recognize. But still, I mean, like, she could have done so much more or had more fun with it. It's like, it was just like, so in the middle. It was so in the middle, but only Dina because it was like just not well balanced. Like most of it was fluffy, but then some of it was like weirdly like invasive. Yeah. <laughs> and then and then I just felt like like came to this like weird middle ground that wasn't really serving any audience. I don't know. It was just very strange. And again, I think coming from like a communications perspective, as we do, it's really weird to watch an interview like that because I'm like, well, what's your point here? Like, what are you trying to show us about Mary Kate and Ashley? It just struck me as weird. Yeah, agreed. You know, I would say unless you're like top level fanatics like us, this isn't, this isn't a necessary watch. No, we basically described the entire thing. Yeah, it was only a 20 minute interview and we've certainly doubled that on it. So whatever. (laughs) Yeah, exactly. Okay, a quick dose of Olsen Twins gossip. Yes. Um, Basically, I guess, Dina, this is so weird that we've sort of been teasing this out over several weeks, but a lot of people are just now figuring out that Elizabeth Olsen is like an Olsen twin sister. <laughs> but there was, there was an article written on the, the AV Club about how <laughs> Mary Kay and Ashley Olsen released a, quote, diss track specifically to dunk on Lizzie called B-U-T-T Out, which, of course, here at the Olsen Twins, you got a dude podcast, we know really well. But I just thought that it was really funny that other people are catching up Yeah, like, no doubt. We've been talking about this for weeks, people. Listen up. Exactly. And it's on the Case of Thorn Mansion, which, you know, we'll cover when we cover. We'll get to B-U-T-T out when we get to it. Yeah. And then, of course, they also have the diss track 
for Trent Olsen, which is Brother for Sale, which we covered in episode one. This is true. So that's Olsen Twins Gossip. Should we do our pop culture recs? Yeah. What have you been watching? What have you been loving? Also, what have you been hating? Like, tell people what to avoid. Ooh, okay. I don't have any hate this week, um, but my loves are very specific. It's a very specific category. I've been watching a lot of Coen Brothers movies, mm. which I think fits in well with Mary-Kate and Ashley. Uh, just kidding it doesn't but so I grew up with my dad watching The Big Lebowski and I enjoyed it for certain reasons basically Walter reminds me of my dad he's very outlandish he's very um loud and uh outspoken (laughs) and you know he can kind of lose his temper sometimes it reminds me of my dad Uh, my dad loves the movie so I like to watch it with him so that's that's what I grew up watching I had never seen another Coen Brothers movie so I've spent the past week starting to catch up on them and then I'll spend probably like the next week or two also catching up on them but thus far I've watched Barton Fink, Burn After Reading and then last night we watched Oh Brother Where Art Thou? Where Art Thou? (laughs) I can never say that name. Oh Brother Where Art Thou? And I love them all and I highly recommend if you haven't watched them in a while or if it's you know if you've never watched them I highly recommend give these movies a a watch especially last night when we watched Oh Brother it was so good (laughs) I really was surprised at how much I loved it like the music the story it's like based on the Odyssey I loved it I watched Oh Brother when it came out I think I went to the theaters to see that one then I think I've seen Burn After Reading I sadly have never seen The Big Lebowski which is like (gasps) one of my biggest cinephile blind spots and I highly recommend it. I've been wanting to, but it's like I really just want to be in the like right place to watch it. And I've been saying that for years. And totally I totally get it. Drew is like dismayed. And, and since we've been watching movies every night, I think I'll have to see if we can watch that one soon. But I remember one time I was on a date and the guy found out and he was appalled and he was like, Oh, we're gonna watch it. And I was like, actually I don't really like wanna watch it with anybody that's a huge fan because like I don't want them to like look at me to see when I'm going to be laughing. You know that feeling? Yeah. And also, like, okay, (laughs) not to, like, digress too much from this, Uh but, like, that also reminds me of, and this is why I'm so glad you've you've held off on watching this, but The Big Lebowski is one of those stupid fucking movies that, don't get me wrong, I love it, but it's also one of those movies that, like, you remember when we were, like, dating in our early 20s and we would, like, date these guys who were, like, dude, it's so good. It's brilliant. Like, you have to watch it. Like, I remember watching, like, Eraserhead and, like, I don't know, what are the other, like, David Lynch films? Like, a bunch of David Lynch films because I was, like, dating a guy who was, like, bro, this is, like, mind-blowing. And I just, like, now I can't even watch it. Because it's, like, literally, yes. Like, all those things that I was, like, I just associate with, like, a dude in his, like, early to mid-20s being, like, this is gonna blow your mind. And then, meanwhile, it, like, totally doesn't. So I'm glad that you like avoided watching it until now so you can like watch it with a clear mind. Yeah, exactly. And like, I think if I were to watch it with you, you're not like that at all. And and Drew generally isn't like that. But yeah, this guy was like, so adamant about it. And it was our first date, first and last. And he was such a bro. Like, Mm. he was the grossest date ever. And like, I... I can't even tell you like how many red flags there were throughout this. Oh, I'll I'll mention one specifically. He was applying to his master's program for kinesiology and he was helping a professor with a paper and he said, you can basically call me Dr. Alex. Um, Was this the same or different than the guy who showed up in like gym clothes? He asked if he could, if it was okay if he showed up in gym clothes and proceeded to do squats at the bar. (laughs) And I remember this. He, they were nice gym clothes though, so it was like it was like a Lululemon slack or whatever. I mean, not Lululemon because like clearly he had too many, he had too much testosterone to even like go in that store. Sure. But he was also the one that said, um, "I ordered nachos and he ordered a sandwich." And Mm -hmm. he was glad he ate more than me because otherwise that would, like, somehow, I don't know, like, take away his man card. Like, he he said something like that, like, oh, I was scared that I wasn't going to eat, you know, and I was just like, what? Literally, that makes me want to both cry and punch him in the face. Yeah. Probably simultaneously. I was like, okay. Yeah, there was just so many issues. But yeah, he said, he just kept saying, no, we're, we're going to watch it. And I was like, but no, we're not. 
I, yeah, it's so funny because I, again, my like memory, I flash back. I remember us talking probably yeah. before, during, and after that date, like texting. Yeah. And I think I remember you telling me that he like said that. And I remember being like, damn it, like that's actually a good movie, but that guy probably likes it for like all the wrong reasons. <laughs> yeah. Ugh, I'm sick. sure he doesn't understand what the Coen brothers were trying to say. I highly doubt it. I mean, not, you know, whatever. I guess everybody can enjoy the movie for different reasons, but. That grossed me out. I was just listening to a podcast today about um, Tipper Gore taking on heavy metal music in Congress. Oh, God, yes. Um, it's really interesting. You should listen to it. That's uh, That can be one of my recommendations. But they were talking about how she was trying to take on, like, how music should be more regulated or whatever. And Dee Snyder was talking about one of his songs. And Tipper Gore had interpreted it as a BDSM. And he was like, no, literally, it was about my friend getting surgery. And he said, listen, Mr. Gore, I don't know what your wife took out of the song, but <laughs> art is dependent on the person interpreting it. And like, mm -hmm. I didn't put that out there. But if she got that from it, that's in her own brain. That's incredible. Yeah. I actually really, really like that. Good for him. Yeah. All right. So what's your, what's your recs? What are your recs? So I started a new podcast called Under the Influence about mommy bloggers that my friend Sarah recommended to me. Ooh. And it's this journalist that basically like goes in to say, it's only had one episode. It's similar to the reply all one I had said, but it's going into these people that make money off their families, but yet women aren't expected to work, but yet are these companies like kind of scams? I hope they get into like the content of the mommy blogging, like oh, everyone has a freaking letter board and they're just reusing quotes. Mm. And how a lot of people will kind of shame the influencer industry saying it's not real work, but that also has to do with that it's an industry primarily done by women. Yes. She's balancing both parts of like saying, you know, this is what women are doing. This is how they're making money. It should be more legitimized. But also, why are we so obsessed with it? Is social media and this type of thing like the equivalent of porn for women? And also the hmm. type of things that they're putting out there of like, I'm going to make my life look perfect and put this cream filter on it. Yeah. So yeah, so I really liked it. Um also, like, just a side note, so the reason I, I don't have kids, but for some reason my explore page is all people with a thousand kids, probably because I watched The Duggars, or Teen Moms, which I've sent to Whitney, or weird OBGYN dancing, and, Dude, like, yes. all these women just use the same quotes as each other, and they all put stuff on a letter board, but my favorite is the lazy move where they hold up a letter board and then they type the message in. So clearly they took the picture without knowing what they were going to put. Yes, I love that. I see the same thing all the time. And then they think that they can get away with it. <laughs> yeah, I don't, I don't understand it. It's such inauthentic content. And I started reading a book called Quit Like a Woman about... This sounds like I'm such a feminist. I am so in tune with my femininity right now. Dude, accept it. Quit Like a Woman. It's about women and alcohol and how like AA was really meant for men because it's about like mm. giving up your ego and saying you're powerless against this, but women are told their entire lives they're powerless. <laughs> so <laughs> yeah. like there has to be a different approach and also just about the marketing of alcohol and how it followed the same trajectory as cigarettes and how in 50 years are we going to feel the same way about alcohol that we do about cigarettes. Mm. And then that got me started thinking like sip for sip, puff for puff, is alcohol worse for you than cigarettes because you can overdose much more quickly on alcohol. Yeah. And it's just been a real mind screw for me. I mean, from what I can remember, and again, that we're we're not we're not a professional doctor podcast, but mm -hmm. from what I can recall, I think that the withdrawals are worse from alcohol than like from a lot of drugs. Yeah, alcohol is the only withdrawal you can die from. Exactly. I was thinking about this recently, Dina. I'm glad that you bring this up, and we'll only spend a couple minutes on this, I promise. But I was thinking about this recently with regard to the way that we talk about alcohol socially and how fine people are with saying that they're going to get messed up tonight or, or drink to forget 
a person that we know recently said to us that, you know, we were like, oh, what are you going to do tonight? And he was like, oh, I'm going to drink to forget that the pandemic exists, you know? And I was like, huh. And then I walked away from that exchange and I was like, isn't that so strange that, you know, we've been enjoying some legal marijuana recently. And I was like, isn't it so strange that like people are completely fine with saying that they're going to get like blackout drunk tonight? But heaven forbid you say that, like, A, you don't drink, because we, neither of us drink, often, at least, but, like, very, very rarely. And that, like, if you say that you're going to, like, (laughs) experience or partake in anything else, it's, like, that's not okay. But for some reason, alcohol is, like, so socially fine. Yeah. I just find the whole thing very, very strange. And I always have, particularly because I'm not a big drinker, alcohol just affects me poorly. Um, But I've always found it very strange that, like especially as women, by the way, because I can't tell you how many times I've been like, oh, no, I'm not going to drink. And people are like, are you pregnant? Because like the only reason why you wouldn't drink is if you're pregnant. (laughs) Yeah, exactly. And like, I'm not a big drinker either. And people are always bothered when I'm like, no, I'd just rather have a sparkling water. But also it's National Margarita Day and I kind of want margarita. And that does sound good. But yeah, like just about that and like what she like had to deal with when she did say... I'm not drinking anymore and like the pushback she got from that and I encounter that all the time when I do not want to drink and it's crazy agreed completely I think that I like never fit in more like with society with like friend groups with like just socially I never felt like I fit in more than like the nights that I was like getting plastered which is like a really sad thing to say but I just remember this is particularly in American Samoa I might take this out, maybe not. But I remember I was drinking a lot when I first got there because I didn't know anybody and I felt so uncomfortable in all of the social situations. I was drinking constantly. I was hungover literally the entire time, the entire first six months. And then I met some people that I really got along with, including Bed, but other people as well. And I didn't feel like I had to drink as much. And I remember somebody, we were at a party, Bed and I were at a party and somebody came up to us and they were like, man, you should have seen her like before you got here. She was like a real like wild and crazy girl. And now, you know, and I was like, fuck you, dude, just because I'm not drinking anymore. Like, it's not like I like flash people. It's not like I did anything when I was drunk. I just drank more because I was uncomfortable. Yeah. And you were only in a new country what else is there to do literally and it's just like also like a very sad thing to like even admit but then it's like to also like make fun of me for not drinking now like what a shitty I don't know yeah it wasn't a friend of mine but somebody said it yeah so those are the two things I've been enjoying we have watched the movies this week no new tv shows no movies that I really want to call out except to say that um Batman Returns with Catwoman and Danny DeVito as the Penguin does not hold up that was boring. Oh, sad. Yeah. That makes me sad, but it's good to know. I won't waste my time on it. Yeah, we were just like, at the end of it, we were like, what? And like, <laughs> Michael Keaton's like, barely in it. And like, I'm a big Keaton fan, but yeah, right. he just wasn't a charming Bruce Wayne. Terrible. Yeah. But again, good to know. Yeah. I think that that's all we have for this week, right? I think so. You know, if, if anybody has any requests of what we should watch next please let us know yeah as always leave us a review follow us on instagram at you gotta do pod i think that's it um just be good people okay yeah be good people do what you want to do ask yourself what do i want out of life and then do that yeah don't be like oprah just kidding exactly exactly be nice to other people and have a great week See you guys later. All right. Bye. Bye.